This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. SEN around Australia. It's Footy Fallout with Tim Gossage. But not as you know it, tonight the Goss is off, unfortunately. We send him his best. So, Julia Marcus in the chair, filling in for the Goss tonight over the next two hours as we bring down the curtain on round 11 of the AFL season. You've just heard the Adelaide Crows do it again. This is a big scalp. They've claimed the scalp of the Brisbane Lions. 14 11. 95 to 10, 18, 78, finishing what's been a busy day of footy across the country. Of course, Collingwood with a 35-point win over North Melbourne. Good, yes, but convincing. Well, I mean, they're not the first people to clock off work early. It really did have the feeling of they put in the queue in the rack at three-quarter time, didn't they? North Melbourne, though. Some good signs. Some good signs. Want to hear from you over the next two hours. This is your program as always, and the open line is the same. one 736 736 or you can send me a text 0433 98 11 16. off unwell tonight. Do wish him all the best in his recovery. Hopefully we hear him again very soon. So Julie Marcus with you for the next two hours as we put a bow in the 11th round of the season. A little bit later on, I'll be joined by Mark Bickley straight from the Adelaide Oval, SEN's own, to review the Crows' win over the Brisbane Lions. And a little bit later on as well, AFL Nation's Brett Phillips, who's also a tennis guru here on SEN. He'll join me to have a quick chat about the opening night of the French Open. 0433981116 is the text. The open line, 1300 736 736. Of course, Paul Adelaide earlier today, with a 10-point win over Richmond at the MCG, 10-17-77 to 9-13-67. Throughout the weekend, you go back and Essendon last night, well, they didn't trip on their face over in Perth again, which is a positive, but at the same time, it wasn't the most convincing performance. But still, you take it at this time of the year, a 50-point win over the Eagles, who were improved, but they were well off the face. They were well off the pace, let's face it. The Gold Coast, though, do we need to look at them a bit differently now? A seven-point win over the Western Bulldogs in Darwin, 13-684 to 11-11-77. Not one that I saw coming, not one that a lot of us saw coming, although who did have a good day tipping yesterday? I want to know from you as well. If you had a good day tipping, let us know. But, geez, what a performance from the Gold Coast Suns. And the Giants, three times in a row now, they've gone down to Geelong and got the points, 12-9-81 to 10-14. 74. We're talking about last week, Geelong have lost touch from the top four. Well, the top four is a pipe dream for them. It's a fantasy. They need to be worried about the top eight because as it stands right now, going into the buy rounds, they are not in the top eight. Neither of last year's grand finalists are in the top eight at the halfway mark of the season. Absolutely incredible. Fremantle, they did it again, rolling Melbourne at the MCG, 12-7 to 10-12, a seven-point win for the Dockers. Hawthorne, and they put a span in the works. So 10-point win over the Saints. And, of course, Friday night, as we know, the Swans over the Blues. So this is your program. 
It's time for you to have your say over the next two hours. one 736 736 or send me a text 0433 Michael support Adelaide supporter, and he's the first cab off the rank tonight. Good evening, Michael. Evening, Julian. Welcome, mate. Great to, great to be here. There must be a, look, I want to yeah. ask you point blank, is this today yeah. a win that you're happy with? Because being a 10-point win against the Tigers, or is it one of those that you just take the points and you move on to next week? Um, I think we just take the points and move on to next week. But you know what's happened this weekend for us? All the results have worked out beautiful for us. We've now got a two-game um, buffer, not between Collingwood, of course, but we've got a game clear of Brisbane, and then after that we're two games clear of the rest of the pack. So, you know, no excuses now. Like, if we're going to have a crack and be there on the big dance, we, we've got to keep up the form, and we're doing well with um, players that are playing. And, you know, there's this talk, Julian, about the players might not be playing for Hinkley. It seems like um, they are at the moment. And what a great pickup Aaliyah Lear was for us. He's oh. been an awesome recruit, hasn't he? Uh, Aaliyah, I I've used to live in Sydney, so I had the good fortune of seeing Aaliyah Aaliyah up close when he played for the Swans. And he was someone that I thought they were crazy to get rid of because especially you look at the Swans' defensive deficiencies at times and... I thought he was an absolute steal for you guys, and hasn't he proven to be just that? He's a sensational player, and he's having a fantastic right. season. Yep, yep. And um, just before I go, you know, Richmond can boo all they want today, you know, booing Horn Francis, but at the end of the day, he had the last laugh. He's having the last laugh against <laughs> a lot of sides, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing well. I'll let um, other callers get on. I hope um, Tim gets well soon. Have Absolutely. A good night. You too, Michael. Thanks for calling through. This is your program, of course, on 300-736-736. Call up the line, have your say, or send me a text, 433 Glenn's on the line from Point Cook. Good evening, Glenn. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about um, Carlton. I know, I've been thinking about Carlton. I know why Carlton is so bad at the moment. Yep. I've been thinking about it. I reckon they're... Um, I reckon they're unfit because um, I've been watching other sides. Yeah, I've been watching other sides, and they don't they don't get to as many contests and they don't run as much, and they don't fill gaps in the midfield. So I reckon there's a I reckon there's an issue with their with their training in terms of their um, their, their sports fitness, and so I reckon the microscope has to go on Andrew Russell because I don't reckon he's preparing them properly. There you go. That that's another take. I mean, there's a lot of problems with Carlton, but I reckon. That, I reckon that one hasn't come out yet. I don't think we we're fit enough, or as fit as the other sides. Well, I've seen. Well, Glenn, I've seen a lot of talk about Andrew Russell's program, and it's been a lot to do with the injuries that that Carlton have suffered, particularly in preseason. I know there's been a lot of talk about that, but I mean, what you're saying, you believe that they're unfit. I mean, eventually, there's got to be a whole review of this football program because. This isn't up to scratch, is it? And we've been hearing it all weekend across every radio station, especially here on SCN, that you know there was a lot promised this year for the Blues, and it just hasn't. It hasn't come to pass. So will you be going Friday night for the game against the Dees? Yeah, I'll be going. I always go. I'll go every week. But um, yeah, I think I just think there's there's a lot of issues. But I just I just think defensively, we're running as quickly and as fast to 
block the areas that we need to block um, as we should be, and that's why they're cutting through us like like butter. So, um, yeah, I'd be reviewing the fitness program, um, and I'd, I'd absolutely be looking at probably... I think they're going to trade at the end of the year some big-name players that um, to free up some salary cap room and, and bring in some young 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 talent into the team as well. So Harry, Harry McKay would be one I'd be looking to trade for sure. Well, it remains to be seen what they do over the second half of the season. Thanks for calling in, Glenn. Have a great night. You too, mate. Take it easy. Cheers. Of course, have your say over the next couple of hours, one 736 736 or send me a text, 433 So just quickly looking at the ladder as it stands after round 11, the ladder update for the Isuzu D-Max. Live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. Collingwood, a game clear at the top of the tree. Then Port Adelaide, as was referred to, they're in second place and they're a game clear now in second on 36, then Brisbane on 32 points. So there is some separation now with the top three and everybody else. And then you have Melbourne and St Kilda, along with the Western Bulldogs, in positions four through six on 28. The Adelaide Crows and Essendon on 24 points make up positions seven and eight. And Fremantle have moved into ninth. Geelong down to 10th place on 20 points. They're a game outside of the eight, along with the Sydney Swans at the end of 11 weeks of football. Just remarkable. Then you have the Gold Coast, who have moved into 12th place on 20 points. Carlton have dropped to 13th on 18. And I believe this one, Carlton, they're on the same amount of wins as GWS, and they've got one more win than Hawthorne at this point in the season. I don't think there would have been a lot of people who would have expected that. Let's go back to the lines. Andrew's at Marvel Stadium on the back of Collingwood's win over North Melbourne earlier this evening. Good evening, Andrew. Hey, good evening, guys. Good evening. I'm um, just on my way back from the uh, Marvel game. Saw the Pies win, unconvincingly, but won. But the uh, reason I thought I'd call is supposedly today's game was a complete sellout. I had friends of mine that were trying to get tickets and couldn't get tickets. But there was only 39,000 people there, and there was plenty of uh, empty tickets. So, unfortunately, people missed that ongoing. Why would that be? Yeah, I was there as well, and the 39,000, I saw it was a sellout on Thursday. So, it was Quite disappointing to see about 10,000 empty seats at yeah. least. I mean, we know it can hold 55,000. It would come down really to club members, I would think, not turning up as well as stadium members. Although it has to be said that the stadium oh, members yeah. today at Marvel, a lot of them turned up. So I think this one more or less comes down to Collingwood members not necessarily showing up. Well, I'm a Collingwood member, but something has to be done about it because there's too many people that are missing out and going to games and uh, too many empty seats there. So there uh, needs to be something enforced uh, through the club to uh, make sure more seats are available for everyone, including North supporters. Not that you probably don't want to go if you're a North supporter, but at least uh, the Collingwood supporters that missed out. As far as the performance, though, you mentioned unconvincing, but there were signs in the third quarter. They just, when they turn it on, they turn it on. But do you think that they clocked out at three-quarter time today? Absolutely. I think uh, they uh, put the cue in the rack. They uh, thought, OK, we've got the four points. Let's just uh, ease off a little bit. And um, But I think uh, you've got to play 100% for the full game, not just uh, clock off at three-quarter time. Because, um, you know, when you're a paying member, and I took my son and a few of his friends, and we met other friends there as well, you go there to watch them play four quarters, not three quarters. And uh, and I, I thought it was unconvincing. Yes, we got the four points, got the you know, one by 35 points. But, uh, yeah, we should have won by 65 or 70, really, coming up against North Melbourne. We're, we're top of the ladder. We're a game clear. And, um, you know... 
playing a team of 17th, I think, North Melbourne are, really, it should be, you know, we should be smashing them. And, uh, but this round, it was a, a round of upsets, lots of upsets there, but um, I think, uh, you know, reasonably well done to North Melbourne to get it within 35 points. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't good at the pies. Oh, good on you. Have a good night, eh? Yeah, you too. Cheers. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Pick up the phone, have your say. You're on the footy fallout. So just going back to the rest of the tables that stands right now. Carlton in thirteenth, GWS in fourteenth. Carlton, of course, with that draw back in round one with Richmond on eighteen points. GWS on sixteen points. Richmond on fourteen. Hawthorne on twelve. At North Melbourne on eight points. And West Coast Stone Motherless last with just the one win to their name so far this season. Although there were some better. Science last night. Better, although it was a pretty low bar to jump. Adam's online. Good evening, Adam. G'day. How are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Um, ramifications for this weekend with all the upsets. Um, really, I don't know how everybody's tipping's gone. I luckily got the Crows correct. Adam, you still there? Looks like we lost Adam for the moment. We'll get back to Adam in just a sec, but it hasn't been a great weekend for tipping across the board. I think I got four, to be honest with you. But today I managed to get a perfect score, so that's three. Yeah, no, I got the four. Yesterday was just carnage, absolute carnage for everybody's tips, weren't they? Fremantle winning in Melbourne, maybe not the biggest surprise considering last year. GWS going down to Geelong, well, maybe we should have seen that coming, considering their record in recent years. Hawthorne, though, against St Kilda, I don't think anyone could have predicted. Have the Saints peaked too early? That's come from Billy on the text. Well, it does, it does uh, add credence to that theory, doesn't it? It does add credence to that theory that uh, maybe they have topped out. And you look at the talk as well from Ross Lyon this year, he, he wasn't going to put... Finals labels on his side, but even when they were looking good in the early part of the season. that Can they hang on to stay in the finals race? They're in fifth place right now on 28 competition points. Have they got enough wins in them in the second half of the season? That's what we're going to find out. This is Footy Fallout on a Sunday night. Julian Marcus in the chair tonight for Tim Gossage. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side of this, we'll catch up with Mark Bickley at the Adelaide Oval after the Crows win over the Lions. Tim's having the night off. Julian Marcus with you in the chair tonight. Keep those calls coming in. one 736 736 or on the SMS 0433 We'll speak to Mark Bickley in just a moment. But Adam was with us just a few moments ago. Adam, we got you there? I'll say as much as I can before I prove that we have issues. Um, Port Adelaide, keep doing what they do. Love winning the close games. So that'll be great. They're the Collingwood of last year. Um, and got a good result at the G today. Brisbane, vulnerable, away from the Gabba. Actually, I cannot trust them away from the Gabba, and it looks like, the way they're going, that they could finish even fifth. So they could get a home final, but if they don't and finish third or fourth, they could be playing Port Adelaide week one of the finals, and that'll be Adelaide Oval, or Collingwood MCG, and that'll be week one, unless they start stringing some games away. And looking at their draw, the Lions, they have played a fair few already at the Gabba this year, so they've got about six to come. So even if they win all of those, they're probably going to have to win another two or three away to get 
around about that 16 wins, which will get them in the top two. Top two will get them a home final for sure, or two home finals. That's what they want. But I can't trust them away from the Gabba. What they threw at the Crows today actually was just uh, ordinary. Uh, they lost at Adelaide Oval round one to Port Adelaide, and they have not been able to rectify that today. Um, so, look, they've got issues, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, they are fortunate, however, the Lions looking at them, that Melbourne lost this weekend and the Dogs lost this weekend. Otherwise, they would have been dropped to fourth. So they've got some issues, and uh, I'd like somebody... I know they're up there in Queensland and in Brisbane, but they need to face the media. They're, they're really shut off from the, the Melbourne media. Um and the big question I'd be asking them is why do they deny that they have a problem when they are on the road, when they travel? The record speaks for itself. It's about 25, well, not even 25% in the last three years away from the, the Gabba. Their record, apart from that Marvel Stadium, is, I mean, they're good at Marvel Stadium, but terrible everywhere else apart from the Gabba. So, I mean, if somebody could get a, and the goal and the guts to actually ask Chris Fagan, their record is, is not great when they travel on the road. And um, they, they, will, they will falter. They will be eliminated quite quickly if they don't start rectifying that problem between now and finals because they're going to do what they did in 2020 and 2021 and 2022, when they go on the road, come finals time, they'll be eliminated very quickly. Good on you, Adam. That's uh, some really good points that you mentioned uh, throughout there. I'm, I'm with you. I don't trust Brisbane away from home that much. Although I know they had that breakthrough win uh, against Melbourne last year in the semifinals, but Melbourne were pretty cooked by the time they got there. For mine, looking at their draw the second half of the season, there's a, a few games that I think are going to pretty much decide where they finish in terms of a top four berth. June 23rd, they take on St Kilda at Marvel Stadium. They take on Melbourne at the MCG on July 14th. They go to the Gold Coast. I know it's against the Suns, it's a Q clash, but that could be a a tricky one for them, July 29. And then August 18, Friday night against Collingwood at Marvel Stadium. That's going to be something special. That will be the litmus test for the Brisbane Lions. there was one litmus test that they had just a few hours ago and they did not pass that one. Well, about an hour ago, the game finishing up at the Adelaide Oval, a 17-point win for the Adelaide Crows who continue to get it done, especially at home. And that is a big, big scalp against the Brisbane Lions. And SEN's own Mark Bickley, of course, SEN SA breakfast every single day. You can hear him with Jared Walsh at tomorrow morning and I'm sure he'll be in a good mood after the Crows' victory this afternoon. Evening, Bix. Hey, good morning. Oh, good evening, I should say. How are you? Mate, after a win like that, it can be any time of the day because I'm sure that will put a lot of smiles on faces in Adelaide. I mean, they keep on... Every time they put a we put a test in front of them, they seem to keep finding a way, especially at home. The Adelaide Oval, is it a fortress again in your eyes? Yeah, well, it's certainly looking that way. Adelaide, the last... Three wins have been very, very good there. They really touched up St Kilda and then they've beaten Brisbane there tonight. And um, in front of a great crowd, I must say, 33,500 people Sunday night, pouring rain at about 3.30 this afternoon. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I was really impressed with that lady. Yeah, and I listened to your last caller. I thought he perhaps a little bit harsh on Brisbane. Brisbane had 66 entries, had more scoring shots, won the clearances, won the contest possession. But unfortunately for Brisbane, couldn't kick straight. And Adelaide were able to do that and kick a couple of freakish goals in there and did enough to get across the line. Yeah, 10-18-78 for the Brisbane Lions, 14-11-95 for the Crows, a 17-point win. For Brisbane, we'll, we'll start with them because we'll, we'll talk about the Crows in a second. For Brisbane, the, the question mark of can they replicate their Gabba form away from home? Now, I know this is just merely one sample, but you add this across what you've seen the rest of the year, do you believe that Brisbane are continuing to move forward to be a team that can win the big games in Melbourne or on the road come September? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a bit more bullish on Brisbane uh, than others. Uh, I, I think they've added to their lineup with Dunkley, particularly in the midfield. I think they've got a really good midfield. There's no question about that. I think where they're suffering at the moment is, uh, I reckon Eric Hipwood has just really struggled to, to be a real force in their forward line. Uh, and even Jack Gunston. I thought Jack Gunston moving up there and, and probably getting the third best defender each week would be a bit of a force to be reckoned with. He's so shrewd around goals, but unfortunately hasn't quite sort of recaptured that that really goal sneak form that he had when he was playing at his peak with Hawthorne. And um, yeah, so th- those two players for me have been a little bit disappointing. Danaher is an ever ever sort of reckoning threat, and Cameron was fantastic again tonight with four goals. But I just feel like they need to get a little bit more out of those uh, other two forwards and. Um, if they can do that, they're going to be pretty strong. I think their defence is solid. You know, Harris Andrews is a pretty good player. Payne didn't play tonight. Is a you know a developing defender, and they've got some other you know key players through the back half. So I think they've got the elements to be successful. It's a bit like what you said. It's being able to have the confidence and the belief to win on the road, and also get some of those other avenues to go fired up and taking some pressure off some of those other forwards. Well, I guess it could potentially put Adelaide in the same camp that their last two road games haven't gone the way that they would have liked. Certainly that performance last week in Ballarat wasn't all that flash, but from what they've been able to put together at home, their last two home performances, St Kilda, they knocked off quite comfortably and now getting the scalp of Brisbane. In the sixth position, for the Crows, for them to be able to make some serious noise, and look, I think it's fantastic we're able to talk about them now in these terms of can they make some noise in the finals? Do they have to get a home final at least in the first week of the season to be able to do that? Uh, I think that is obviously the optimum outcome, isn't it? You know, to, to play at your home ground. And I think it just speaks to um, to all teams. I think all teams, you know, really, apart from the, the very, very good battle to win away, Collingwood have been very good at doing it. But having said that, they probably travel four or five times a year as opposed to Brisbane and... Adelaide, who travel 10 or 11 times, so it probably gets heightened a little bit by, um, you know, by the, or for the interstate sides. But, you know, Adelaide really have to make sure they, they lock away a finals position, you know. So they've got Gold Coast away next week, which is going to be tough being played in Darwin. Of course, Gold Coast had the win against the Western Bulldogs, and they'll stay up in Darwin for the week. So that's going to be a tough trip for Adelaide. And they've still got some other tricky games to come. They've got the... Collingwood at the MCG coming up in the not-too-distant future and, and Essendon at Marvel. So, you know, there's some, there's some tough matches there. But there's also, you know, they're still going to play West Coast twice and North Melbourne who are, who are at the lower end of the ladder. So Adelaide should play finals. And, and depending on how some of those other 50-50 games go on the road, then that will determine how far up the ladder they finish. 
How good was Isaac Rankin tonight? He just continues to take steps forward every week, doesn't he? I think you can put Josh Shelley in the same boat. I, th- I think Adelaide supporters are going to be blessed because we saw them combine for that amazing goal in the, the northern pocket underneath the, the old scoreboard there where Rankin gave it to Rochelle and he kicked that check side goal. I think they have a bit of uh, already a bit of a, a bromance where they love giving it to each other. They celebrate together. They're very, uh, you know, they... I'm trying to think of a word. They're out, outlandish isn't the right word, but they, they show their emotion and show every, all the fans what they're feeling and, and the crowd loves it in Adelaide and, and clearly both Rankin and Rochelle did some really nice things tonight. That left foot goal from Rankin, you know, there's probably only two or three players in the competition that could have kicked that and it was a really important time of the game. So he's just added some X factor, both Rochelle and Rankin to Adelaide's team. Rochelle's got the added bonus that he pushes up the ground and can play as a midfielder as well. So... You know, it really does uh, augur well for Adelaide's future. Both those guys still young in football terms and Pedler, Michael Aney, Saligo. Like, Adelaide have got a pretty young side and they're getting great exposure and, and doing really well against quality opposition. Just before I let you go, Bix, uh, across the weekend, what else really stood out in front of you, particularly after yesterday, a day of some massive upsets? Yeah, look, I think it just shows how even the competition is. Um, you know, you look at Gold Coast getting it done against uh, against the Western Bulldogs, who have won six of their last seven and have been really in really good form. Um, they push up on the cusp of the eight. You've got Fremantle now in some, in some decent form after getting away to a shaky start. Geelong, well, I'm scratching my head over Geelong. I'm not quite sure what's happening down there. They went from terrible to magnificent to back to being terrible again. Um, so, yeah, it really is an interesting setup right now. And, and I think the, the thing about this is Port Adelaide have been the ones that have just gone about their business without being super impressive. They just continue to find a way to win, even though they've been uh, a little bit disrupted with suspension and injury. They just keep sort of sh- hack- sh- or, or shackling together a, a team, you know, particularly in their forward half with no... No Todd Marshall, no Charlie Dixon. They've been missing for the last couple of weeks. They've just been able to find a way. And now they find themselves two games clear inside the top four, which is, um, you know, after the start of the season, one win and two losses. That's a pretty remarkable effort, I think. Well, we're looking forward to seeing how the Crows progress in the second half of the season. Exciting times in SA, of course, both the teams, the Power and the Crows, in the top eight. And looks like it's going to be a fantastic second half of the year at the Adelaide Oval. Bix, we look forward to hearing your thoughts across the week on SCNSA and all over the country. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, Mark Bickley, part of AFL Nation and SCNSA as well every morning on the breakfast program. Oscar, Luke, I see you. We'll get to you shortly. But first, I want to go to Billy, who's been waiting patiently from Ascot Vale tonight. Hello, Billy. Yeah, evening, mate. Yeah, just two quick things. I don't follow Port Adelaide or the Bulldogs, but I just want to ask two quick questions. Well, first, Butters is definitely one of the best footballers going around at the moment, probably on par with Dacos, Nick Dacos. And secondly, that Bulldogs game, do you think playing in Ballarat in five degrees last week and then going up to 34 degrees in 90% humidity had any uh, sort of outcome with that result last night? I would imagine it would have... They're not going to say it, the Bulldogs, but I would imagine that it would be quite tricky to go from Arctic conditions one week to the tropics the next. I mean, that is an interesting quirk in the schedule for the Bulldogs, and 
Yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll learn more next week. They take on Geelong at Marvel Stadium. What's going to be an absolute beauty for contest next Saturday night. So. I guess we'll we'll know after that one if this was indeed a mulligan, which you could perhaps put down to the conditions, or if this is a bit more of a read on where the Bulldogs are at. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I was just curious because there was I was surprised with the fixturing. I thought Dave, I would probably go to another game in Melbourne after Ballarat before going to Darwin just to get sort of acclimatised a bit more. But it just seemed very strange, as I said, from going from Arctic to humidity, you know, in less than six days. So I, as I said, look, Gold Coast. All credit to him, but I just want to, wanted to get your opinion. If, do you think it did um, upset the Bulldogs or made it a bit harder for him? I know it would, it would be difficult for me to be able to do anything going from an Arctic-like condition, 5 degree in, in Ballarat to 34 degrees uh, in Darwin, and that would be just walking around and living life. So to perform at an elite level on an AFL field, I'd imagine it would have something to do with it, although... I don't think uh, it really tells the whole story, and I'm sure the Bulldogs will be the first to say that. Thanks, Billy, for calling in. Have a great night wherever you are, my friend. Uh, of course, you can call at any time, 1-300-736-736. Luke has been waiting patiently. Thanks for doing so, Luke. Fire away. No problem. Uh, you had some problems before. Yeah, a couple of issues as far as the technical problems, but we're all good to go now, mate. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, mate, firstly... Collingwood will do their normal. They start like a house of fire, but got the bundle that I'll play through. They're prepared for that. Uh, and secondly, Carl, uh, the Essendon uh, North Melbourne match next Sunday. Yep. Uh, it's a bit of a worry. I'm a Bobber supporter. Yeah. Coming from a whole family of Collingwood supporters. So that's why I had to stick that one in before. But I think it's a danger match for us. Well, there's the old rivalry. And thanks for calling, Luke. Uh, I certainly hope for your sake it goes your way next Sunday. But there is that rivalry between Essendon and North Melbourne. It's one of the great rivalries and one that maybe doesn't get the love it perhaps deserves um, across the, the scape. Look, North Melbourne, they... They treat that as their grand final, playing playing Essendon each and every year. So, well, I'm with you. It could very well be a danger game next Sunday. On form, you wouldn't imagine so, but these rivalry contests, they can be absolutely anything. Oscar's been waiting patiently as well. Thanks, Oscar. Hello, how are you guys going? Good, how are you? Good. I wanted to talk about Carlton, who's got, who's got Melbourne on Friday night. Fire away. I uh, just wanted to. I was just wondering, how do you think we'd manage our injuries? Like Hewitt won't be playing, and Newman won't be playing. So how do we work around that, and how do we get Mackay and Kerner to kick straight? If I could give you those answers, I would be an AFL coach making a pretty good salary. I would imagine, Oscar. It is that is the the question that people have been asking all year, and really the people that have got to come up with the answers are Michael Voss and his crew. And uh, th- thanks for your call, Oscar. It's been a tough year for Blue supporters. It really has so much promise at the start of the campaign. And certainly, even though they had that draw round one where they let it slip again, that, that second round win against Geelong, I remember leaving the G that night, there were a lot of good feelings amongst the Blues fans of what this team could produce. And it's just fallen away. It has just fallen away. Uh, that is interesting, that game Friday night, Melbourne-Carlton, 
It might well be a game that both sets of supporters look at with the extreme amount of pessimism. It's the pessimist bowl because Melbourne supporters are livid after yesterday. So more than one suggestion that, well, they've shown their true colours, they're not a premiership threat. And then, of course, Carlton fans' frustrations have been well documented over the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be interesting, the atmosphere on Friday night. I don't think it's going to be a lot of uh, sunshine and happy vibes. I think it's going to be quite a tense night at G on Friday night. We've got plenty more to come here on Footy Fallout this evening. It's your show. Have your say. one 736 736 Or send me a text 0433981116. We'll get some more of your calls and texts after this. Hey, Julie Marcus in the chair tonight for Tim's. Not feeling too well as the old goss. Hopefully he will be back better than ever very, very shortly. Let's go back to the phones. This is your program. Have your say. one 736 736 or send me a text 0433981116. Just going through some texts. Uh, Ballarat resident here. It wasn't that cold last Saturday, even though it was showery. Uh, how good will the Hawks, says Dean. The young team finally getting some awards. Absolutely. Congratulations to Hawthorne for that performance. Yes, I was going to say congratulations to Hawthorne supporters for sticking through some lean times, but I don't know if we can quite give them that yet, the most successful team of the last 60 years. I don't think there's going to be too many people putting out the violins for the Hawks fans just yet. Although, it's, it, I mean, those are the sorts of wins that can that can change life for clubs. We know that... Sam Mitchell is going through the hard rebuild with the Hawthorne side. These sorts of wins, these are the ones that you hang your hat on. It was fantastic to witness, absolutely fantastic to witness. Uh, I'm a Collingwood member. This year has never been about smashing teams. It's about learning and winning. Personally, I don't care how we win as long as we do. Clocking off at three-quarter time isn't a problem. Personally, I'd rather that than to lose a player unnecessarily due to injury. Preservation is the key. Preservation is the key. It's Corey from Skipton. Yep, yeah, of course, still side bottom. Barely lasted five minutes in his 300th game today, which was really the, the dampener point. Oh, it was a, a nice afternoon for the Pies. An MCL injury. We'll know more about his prospects in the coming days, but that was a real shame. That was a real shame to see still side bottom leave the ground. On a big day for him and for Mason Cox as well, 100 games. And Mason got a couple of goals this afternoon for the Magpies. Isn't that an incredible story? Not just the fact that he's played in the AFL at all, but this is a guy last year, Mason Cox, who the smart money said he was finished. He started the year in the resis. He was playing in the VFL. And the smart money said he was, this was going to be his last year. He'd fade away in the VFL. Now look at him. He's playing better than ever. Fantastic. Uh, I reckon, this is on Carlton, I reckon Voss should scrap training this week, take the boys to the Peninsula Hot Springs for a relaxing day. The team needs a pressure release. Not sure the Peninsula Hot Springs will get the start at, at Carlton this week. I mean, it's not quite walking over the, the firewalk with Adelaide back way back when under Graham Corns there, was it? I've heard of worse ideas. Hey, Julian, disappointed with another away loss for the Lions. We have plenty of opportunities, but bad kicking is bad footy. 
Teams aren't going to fear us outside of the Gabba if we can't string some away wins together in succession. Well, that is the, the big question mark around Brisbane. It has been all year. Can they replicate their Gabba form away from Brisbane? The jury's still out. The jury is still out. Uh, Maggie from Mooney Ponds. Hi from a devoted sainter. Feeling a little sad, but knew the season would catch up with us. We were very fit. Fitter than other teams early on, but they're all catching up with the fitness. And we have used three 20-year-olds to carry us through as well. They have to be getting tired. You just get some of our stronger men back on the paddock. We might hang in there. Uh, Steve, uh, so just what happened to the Lions? 18 behind, just got off work. Bad kicking, bad footy. It's, we've seen that a couple of times this weekend. Uh, Paul said, Giants have shown this year that Kingsley has a good game plan and it's great to watch. The match yesterday was the first time they've put it together for four quarters. Elite pressure, which we've rarely said about the Giants. Have to agree. They, look, a lot of teams would have folded under the pressure that Geelong threw at them in the final quarter because every time that GWS kicked away, Geelong had an answer. But they held in, they held tough, and it was... Very reminiscent of that Giants team that went to the grand final in 2019. We remember the semi-final away in Brisbane, the preliminary final at the MCG against Collingwood. The Lions and the Magpies threw absolutely everything at the Giants in the final quarter of those of both those games, and they just did not yield. And there was a, a fair lot of that in their performance yesterday at the Cattery. Let's go to Jamie in Carlton on line two. Good evening, Jamie. Hey, mate. Um, wanting to talk about um, Carlton's situation. Um, they just seem to have no heart and um, no energy. Everything's been drained. I feel like... I don't know if they have a pick in the mid-season draft, but if they do, why don't they go back to Hall of Famer Carlton player Mitch Robinson, get a bit of joy in the group, get a bit of heart, um, a bit of strength, and um, maybe push the media away from all the negativity and, and put it all on Mitch Robinson's shoulders. He's still uh, keeping fit. Um, what do you reckon? Just looking through the the picks that they've got here, I don't see one as far as the, the first round uh, for Carlton. Although I know that Mitch Robinson has nominated himself for the mid-season draft. And, yeah. Uh, look, at this point, I'm not sure if that would be the, the thing that Carlton fans would enjoy the most, just judging by... The, the volume of the calls that we've gotten over the weekend here at SEN and just some of the thoughts that have been shared by Carlton fans. I'm not sure if Mitch Robinson would be the the cure to all ails. I mean, from an outsider's perspective, it'd be entertaining. That's right. He's absolutely love to see him back on the field. Oh, look, he's, he's was one of the great entertainers. And thanks, Jamie, for your call. Uh, he was one of the great entertainers. And certainly you look at his early form at Carlton, he was a, a big part of that early 2010 side for the Blues. But... Yeah, I'm not sure that even if they had one uh, in the first 11 rounds. I'm just looking at the the order. I don't see anything for Carlton. But, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if Mitch Robinson ended up there or, or was picked up anywhere, to be honest with you. Not that I would be against it if it did. I'd love to see it. Uh, Big Al's on the line in Brisbane. Good evening, Big Al. Julian, how are you, man? I'm in Broadbent, not Brisbane, but anyway... Oh. No worries. Well, it starts with a bit. It's close. It's Broadmeadows, Brisbane. I mean, you know, it's only got two states different. I want to talk about Brisbane. Um, I'm sick of hearing about we can't win away from home and that. Like, um, 
We played Port Adelaide round one, right? We weren't ready. Port Adelaide, good side at their home ground. They played well. Then we played the, we played the Bulldogs at their home ground when they were on the rebound after two two losses. Um, we won we won eight games and lost three of them. Are them the eight games that we've won? Are they all, are they been at the Gabba? All of them or? I'll, I'll go through the the Brisbane run so far. So your wins this year, as you said, you started with that. Lost at, uh, at Port Adelaide. You beat Melbourne at home. You beat Collingwood at home. Brisbane beat North Melbourne in, in gather round. So I guess that counts as a neutral game. You beat the Giants on the road in Sydney. Uh, you beat Carlton at Marvel Stadium. So that's a road win. So there's two there. Uh, so it's two road wins so far. Two yeah, road wins in a Two road wins in Yeah. So um, we've lost, we lost three games, as I said, to Port Adelaide and Adelaide in their home turf. And and the Bulldogs are their home turf when they're on the rebound, right? And today, today we had more scoring shots than Adelaide. We kicked we kicked bad. We weren't we weren't there in the first half. We were terrible, and we've lost by seventeen points. And people, you don't hear people ringing up when Brisbane are winning. As soon as they lose a the game, oh, they can't win away. They can't win away. Last year, we couldn't win. We couldn't win the MCG. We beat Melbourne in the MCG. We snapped them. Right, grand finals aren't played at um, the Gabba or Adelaide Oval or Marvel. They played at the MCG, right? And it's only it's only round eleven, and we're sitting third on the ladder, and people are getting stuck in the Brisbane. Come on, I'm sick of hearing about it. Let's let's talk about Richmond and and Geelong. Um, why why Brisbane all the time? Yeah, look, I think that just looking for from my perspective. Brisbane at home are, are pretty close to unbeatable. Brisbane away, for the most part, you'd back them, although I did tip the Crows today because of what they have been doing at home this year. But, I mean, your next game is against Hawthorne after the bye at the MCG. You'd be expected to win that. But, I mean, for, for Brisbane to become the great side, I think it's just the added expectations, Miguel, that you've got around you because... This is a team that should be winning a flag this year, and, and in order to do that, you've got to beat the big teams at the MCG. It's just the way it is. Yeah, we haven't played the MCG yet, brother, and it's round eleven. So exactly. let's wait. Let's wait until the finals. Wait until wait until the finals because we'll be there. We'll win our sixteen games like we have every other year, right? And we haven't been ready the last few years. We've got we're cherry ripe now. We had a bad game today. What we do? People have bad games, don't they? Yeah, John, absolutely. John had a bad game the other day against GWS. So Kilda had a bad game. Melbourne had a bad game. Sorry, Melbourne had a bad game. St Kilda had a bad game. Look, look, I I agree with you on that. I mean, look, teams don't win premierships in May. That's absolutely right. I'm not writing off Brisbane by any stretch. I'm just, I want to see, and it's just by pure coincidence of the draw. I want to see some more of Brisbane in Melbourne, particularly at the MCG before. I'd be comfortable enough to back them against the Collingwoods, against the Geelongs I, in Melbourne. I agree. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Brisbane play at the MCG. We, we don't play there. He's doing a couple of weeks. Collingwood can't. Collingwood can't lose away away games because they don't play away. Now they're, they're always in Melbourne. Geelong, Geelong don't lose at Geelong. Well, they did this week. They don't normally. Let's talk about them. They lost at Geelong. Wow. It's all about Brisbane. Do they lose a game? Well, uh, uh, thanks for your call, Big Al. I mean, 
on the whole. Good on you, mate. Uh, good on you, mate. Uh, I have to say, I'll, I'm holding firm. Brisbane, and it's just by pure ways of the jaw. They're not going to lose a lot at the Gabba. I want to see them at the MCG more against the big teams. And we're talking about the Collingwood, the Collingwood and Geelong, although they won't be playing Geelong at the MCG unless it's in a final. You want to see them play the big teams in at those venues before you feel truly comfortable. They're, look, they're a top four team. I don't think anybody is going to argue that at all, that Brisbane are a top four team. They should be a top two team. And if I was to do a, a power rankings at the moment, I mean, well, before this afternoon, I would have had them at the very worst in third place. But right now, can you say, can you honestly say that you would back Brisbane to beat Collingwood at the MCG? Because that ultimately is what it's going to come down to. Right now, I don't think you can. More of your calls after this here on the footy fallout, one 736 736 or send me a text 433 Yeah, Tim Gossage not here tonight, not feeling the best years, Goss, but uh, we do send him our best. Julia Marcus with you this evening on the footy fallout. It's your show, it's your forum, it's time for you to get involved. one 736 736 give me a call after the weekend of footy just gone. We're at the halfway mark of the season and the games this afternoon in case you have been out on your Sunday been out doing other things we had the Adelaide Crows 17 point win over the Brisbane Lions at the Adelaide Oval Brisbane kicking 10 goals 18 to Adelaide's 14 goals 11 so the Lions really kicking themselves out of four potential points there Collingwood in cruise control over North Melbourne who did show some fight in that last term six goals to three for the Kangas but they were well beaten 35 points to the margin 16 9 105 to 10 10 70 and for Adelaide they 10 point win 10 17 so an inaccurate day for them as well uh, over Richmond 9 13 uh, 77 plays 67 at the MCG this is your program as always 1300 736 736 Troy's called in wants to have his say he's going to get the chance right now hello Troy Julian, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Fire away. Yeah. Hey, um, just the previous callers. Now, Chris, don't get excited. I'm not going to say what I said to you. Um, your name's Julian. It's not mate or hey, young guy. So I just thought I'd put that little point out there, <laughs> Julian. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'll take the name tag well, off now. Though. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I appreciate um, that, though. Thank you. No, you're welcome, mate. Um, Port Adelaide done, you know, they grinded out uh, today against um, Richmond. And But the best part I liked about Port's performance, and it's, I think it's been, especially in the last well, three to four weeks, is the young blokes, you know, they're stepping up. You've got um, Butters, Rosie, even younger than that, if you can believe it, is um, Horn Francis, who still gets booed, but... You know, they're a bunch of no-hopers that do that anyway. Um, and then up in the forward line, the young O-Lord, he's up there. He's doing really well. And, you know, I um, think it'd be a bit of a competition, like, for spots with Ollie Lord. I think he's done, you know, he hasn't kicked 100 goals or anything like that, but he's done his piece, his bit. The best part I like about Ollie Lord, Julian, is... Um, especially on a day like today where it was, uh, you know, pretty wet, he, he plays in front. 
and I like that. And I um, think that um, maybe either Marshall or Charlie might have to have another week's rest, which won't hurt them, or I don't think it'll hurt Port either. So um, I'd like to, yeah, congratulate Port Adelaide Football Club for winning today. Good on you, Troy. Thanks for giving us a call and having your say, and you certainly have done just that. A big win today for Port over Richmond, and it's not pretty, but these are the wins that count the most come the end of the season. To get a win as well on the MCG, and you think back to round two when they were absolutely belted by Collingwood. And to go there today against a Richmond side that were always going to be full of emotion, get the four points. It doesn't matter how ugly it is at this time. It's May football. Just... Bank them and move on. You don't win premierships in May. You can lose them. You certainly can lose them, but you don't win them. you just got to stay in the contest. That's what Port are doing, and we're now entering, was it the eighth or the ninth week of the untenable job security that is Ken Hinckley? I mean, isn't that incredible? They haven't lost since the untenable comment. They haven't lost. Now they're in second place. A game clear, mind you, in second place, and Tell you what, if Port Adelaide and Collingwood were to meet next week, I think it would be a very different-looking game than what we saw back in round two. Uh, more of your calls and texts after this. We're also going to chat with Brett Phillips, AFL Nation Zone. Quickly check in with what's happening at Roland Garros with the French Open about to get underway. And, of course, more of your calls as we wrap up round 11 of the AFL season. Just quickly going back to the ladder for the versatile Zuzu D-Max and the seven-seat Zuzu MUX. It's Collingwood, a game clear at the top of the ladder, 10-1. and one. Port Adelaide, 9-2 in second place. And then it's Brisbane, 8-3 and three in third. Then you have Melbourne, St Kilda and the Bulldogs on 28 points. Adelaide and Essendon make up your top eight. They're on 24, ahead on percentage over Fremantle. Then Geelong and Sydney, 10th and 11th, a game out of the top eight. Last year's grand finals. What a season we have ahead of us coming up in the next couple of months. We're at the halfway mark, well, I guess midway through round 12 is the official halfway mark, but we're not going to get a full round of footy again for another month. So this really is the time to take stock. So not just for tonight, but how do you see your club at the midway point of the season? We know what Carlton fans think. Melbourne fans, I want to hear from you as well after what you saw yesterday at the MCG. Do you still believe that they are a contender or do you believe that... They are not the sum of their parts. That yesterday was the real Melbourne standing up. West Coast, well, those of you in Perth, West Coast fans, wherever you are across the country, are you, are you heartened by what you saw last night, even though you're well beaten? He did show some glimpses against the Bombers. Essendon fans, are you satisfied with what you saw last night in Perth? St Kilda fans, have you cooled off after what happened yesterday afternoon against the Hawks? Hawthorne fans, have you got the smile still on your faces as big as when you left Marvel yesterday? And Cat fans, are you concerned at this point or is it still too soon? As I heard this time last week, it's still too soon. It's around 10, still too soon. Not sure that you could trot out that, that line anymore. I want to hear from you. one 736 is the open line. Call up and have your say or send me a text. 433 This is the footy fallout on SEN.
now on SEN around Australia. It's footy fallout with Tim Goss. Yeah, Julie Marcus in the chair tonight for Goss, who's having a night off. Unfortunately, not feeling the best, and we do wish him well. Uh, he'll be back, I would imagine, this time next week to take your calls. We are, of course, discussing all the ramifications of round 11 of the AFL season. You can have your say at any time, one 736 736 or send me a text, 433 We will get to some more of your calls and texts in due time. The results from today, of course, it was a win for the Adelaide Crows by... 17 points over the Brisbane Lions. I may have said 18 before. Mass was never my strongest suit. 17-point win over the Brisbane Lions at the Adelaide Oval. We had Paul Adelaide getting a 10-point win over Richmond at the MCG. And at Marvel Stadium, it was Collingwood by 35 points over North Melbourne. And speaking of which, let's have a quick check of what's going on in the world of tennis because tonight is the start of the Australian Open. We to our French Open updates for the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AATC.tennis. And the man who, I don't know when this guy sleeps, but is one of the great men in, in media. I'm lucky enough to spend Monday nights looking after him at the moment for the first serve, Australia's only tennis program on commercial radio. You can hear that tomorrow night from 8 p.m. He called the footy this afternoon at Marvel Stadium. He was at the MCG yesterday calling for AFL Nation. And then he's going to be hosting Stan Sports coverage of the French Open later tonight. The man is a machine, and he is one of our very own here at SCN. Brett Phillips is on the line. BP, hello. Oh, hello, Jules. Yeah, we just power on at this time of the year, mate. So I don't drink coffee, uh, which many people would say is uh, uh, something that you desperately need working these hours. But somehow you just, uh, the Kit Kat does me pretty well. An orange Powerade, uh, you just suck it up and you just go through the hours and yeah, it's not kind, uh, probably covering tennis in the Australian time zone. But, yeah, I'm watching a couple of Aussies at the moment. And it might be a good start for the Aussies tonight. We know the clay hasn't always been the Australian players' favourite surface across the journey. But uh, Storm Hunter, uh, formerly Storm Sanders, of course, who's never won a singles... Uh, looks like we've lost BP for the moment. We'll uh, We'll get him back in just a few moments' time. Was the French Open update. It is thanks to Stan Sport. Roland Garros is now streaming on Stan Sport. Every match ad free, four courts in 4K. There's no better way to take in one of the great competitions in world sport, the second major of the year, the French Open from Roland Garros. We'll get to BP in just a moment. As we, of course, go through some of your texts 0433 98 11 16. Uh, on the text, hypothetically, if there were a mid-season trade period and Paddy Dow was on the table, who would take him and for what in return? Mm, this is this is going to be the interesting ones uh, that play out during the week. Do Carlton make a push to get themselves into the mid-season draft? I'm not sure that they're going to go down that road. From the discussions that you've, we've heard coming out of Princess Park, they seem pretty content with the... The list that they've got, it's just more of a case of getting getting the performances out of these players, although that way of thinking doesn't necessarily pass the eye test. But I'd be surprised if they do go down that road to try and get themselves in the mid-season trade period. Uh, BP's back online. We'll ask you there for a minute, BP. But, uh, I mean, the, the Aussie contingent heading into Roland Garros, as you mentioned, uh, if there is one man we've got to look at or one woman we've got to look at, who is it? Uh... 
well, certainly from uh, you talking. Sorry, overall, Jules, or the for the Australian perspective, Australian tilt. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, look, we've only got two Aussie women in the draw. Uh, Kim Birrell, you know, was um, given the reciprocal wild card on the women's side. She'll be in action in the next hour or so, and then Storm, as I mentioned, who's now got two match points who qualified. Um, so it's going to be tough for the Aussies, uh, no doubt. And really, it, it's the big three now in women's tennis, and one of those has won through tonight. She opened uh, proceedings on centre court, court for Liv Shatria. That's uh, Arena Sabalenka, the number two seed, uh, Australian Open champion uh, back in January. Too good for her Ukrainian opponent, uh, Marta Kostiuku, refused to shake hands with Sabalenka at the net. Now, this is um, something that she does with all the uh, Russian and Belarusian players with the whole situation with Ukraine and the war. She will just not shake the hands of her opponents from those countries, which um, yeah, drew the ire of uh, Sabalenka and uh, the booze from the crowd. But uh, Sabalenka, along with Igor Sviontek, the reigning champion, uh, looking to win her third uh, Roland Garros trophy and then... Um, of course, Alina Rybakina, uh, the Australian Open runner-up this year and Wimbledon champion from last year. So they're the big three. They're going to be really tough to uh, dislodge at this year's uh, French Open. Storm Hunter has just won through. That's a great result for Stormy. Uh, two hours and seven minutes. She wins her first ever singles match at a Grand Slam, 4-6, uh, 6-2, So, yeah, she's in uh, good form. She played great tennis for Australia at the Billie Jean King Cup at the back end of last year. And she's a very competent singles player, the lefty. Um, so that's, I'm really wrapped for Stormy because she's one of the, uh, the good people of tennis. And so, of course, tomorrow night at uh, the first serve, uh, what would be French Open themes, I would imagine? And what have you got in store for us tomorrow night at 8 o'clock? Yeah, we'll be going across there regularly. We've got a, a couple of our reporters on the ground there, Jules, uh, live um, on the ground at Roland Garros. So it'll be... Yeah, a real French Open uh, flavour. And I was actually having a listen to Yannick Noah yesterday. I mean, we, we know how, you know, how much of a battle it is for the Aussies to win the Australian Open. Ash Barty breaking a fair drought a couple of years ago. We know on the men's side, you've got to go all the way back to Mark Edmondson winning in the 1970s. Well, Yannick Noah, this year, it's 40 years uh, since he um, uh, upset Mats Verlander to win the French Open in 1983. He's actually got his own band at the French Open playing a bit of rock music like McEnroe does and the Bryan Brothers, and this is where they tend to go down the track of. Uh, but the French, a lot of players inside the top 100, particularly on the men's side, but it's been a long drought for winning a major. So, uh, yeah, a lot to discuss on the show from 8 o'clock uh, right around the country tomorrow night. And, yeah, we've got a couple more Aussies to come tonight. Kim Birrell, as I mentioned. Uh, Jason Kubler will also be in action, the Aussies. So we'll keep an eye on those uh, throughout the night. So, like I said, BP, I don't know when you sleep at this time of year because you've just come off calling two big games of footy this weekend for AFL Nation. I can't let you go before asking you just a quick word on both of those. You're at Marvel Stadium earlier today for Collingwood's win over North Melbourne. Uh, what was your takeaway from that one overall? Yeah, I think we said during the call, uh, Jules, this is a, a really interesting sort of part of the year. You know, Collingwood obviously built a great foundation, banking all the early season wins, and then you've got to go through this sort of late May, June, July period. Uh, you know, that's sort of round, what, 11 to 17, where you've just got to, got to get through, and you're not going to beat your best every single week. And obviously Collingwood have really got themselves up this year for the big games. And then uh, they've now got a patch of games against teams that on paper they absolutely should win. But we know North, I did the North-Sydney game the week before, 
They had a real spike in performance, so it was going to be, you felt like it was going to be a better North Melbourne. And look, for large parts, they were sort of thereabouts, uh, finished the game strongly. You know, they don't have uh, that, that ball movement ability of Collingwood and, and the skill level to match the pies. But look, today Collingwood did what they had to do. I thought Jordan Ngoi was uh, superb. I mean, he's been one of the most impactful players uh, this season. He's not the guy that's sort of regularly getting up in that 30-plus numbers, but he was able to achieve that today. You know, Josh Dacos lives in the shadow of his younger brother, but I thought he was terrific today, kicking three. They're just exciting, aren't they? I mean, they're just... Uh, players across every line. There's no real uh, obvious weakness for Collingwood and they're in a much better position. Their contested ball numbers are better than last year and they've just got to work out probably long-term the, the Cox-Cameron combination because, you know, obviously both can spend some time forward but they need to have an impact forward and, you know, Brody Mychek bobs up and kicks three again uh, today. He's just a great focal point and, I mean, the only... Uh, flattening part of the day with all the build-up was poor old Steel Sidebottom. What about 10 minutes in yeah. with the knee injury, subbed out in game uh, 300, which was uh, really, really disappointing. But, yeah, another look at George Wardlaw today. You know, love the kid. I think he's he's got a real bright future. And, you know, Harry Sheasel. Uh, look, there's some there's some, there's some some good signs there for the Kangaroos. You know, Larky Bobbin kicks five. In another team, he might be a guy that would kick, you know, possibly 70, 80 goals in a season. So... Some little wins for North Melbourne, but yeah, the Pies are in a they're in a pretty good spot. And yesterday, uh, you and I called the Melbourne Fremantle game a year ago at the MCG, and it felt like it was watching the same game mm. there yesterday because it happened again in the second half. The Dockers they didn't quite clear away as much as they did a year ago, but every time that Melbourne challenged them, Fremantle were just that little bit better. No, spot on, uh, Jules. It's a great win. I mean, it's a great resurgence. So, you know, obviously a club that was under the pump at the start of the year, game plan severely questioned, their coach questioned. You know, we don't live in Perth, obviously, the media uh, and the, you know, the uh, the footy uh, passion over there, which obviously is heavily centred around West Coast and their performances at the moment. But uh, Fremantle were under a lot of scrutiny uh, from their fans and the like at the start of the year. And now they've banked four wins in pretty quick fashion. The last two have been pretty good to take out Geelong. I mean, we go back a week before, beating Sydney in Sydney at the two grand finals from last year and conquering Melbourne at the MCG. And it's, you know, a good effort considering they lost, you know, Darcy uh, subbed out early in the game. Jackson really rebelled against his former team. Uh, we know the class of Sarong. I think Jager O'Meara is, you know, back playing some really, really good footy. Um, does a lot of his work in close, those little deft handballs that you know, get it out to the runners. You know, Luke Ryan just patrols beautifully across uh, half-back. And, uh, you know, Nat Fife, the fact that um, he can just sort of come in and they've worked, his, worked him back into the team as the sub, uh, started in the 22 yesterday, and he's either winning the footy or just his work around the stoppages to, you know, be that strong body to, to carve a path for the other um, you know, younger midfielders to go to work. Uh, you know, some of the stuff he's doing off the ball is really valuable. So, yeah, the Fremantle Dockers are probably where they should have been on the back of that last year's, you know, huge performance to make the finals. And, and for Melbourne, I think there's some you know, genuine question marks. David King really analysed Melbourne during the week and questioned where where they are and what they're going to be uh, this year. I think there's still a doubt on them in their, in their sort of patchwork uh, forward line that... Um, but they're trying to work out the best combination. And, yeah, when it really counted, Fremantle were just uh, 
a little hungrier yesterday. So some question marks, no doubt, for Melbourne, who are you know, trying to capitalise by winning a second premiership. For the group they've got, um, they, they should be in a really strong position, but they're sort of back in the pack a bit now. Well, we're going to be hearing you and seeing you absolutely everywhere over the next couple of weeks. Of course, the French Open on Stan Sport and across SCN on AFL Nation and, and tomorrow night on the first serve as well from 8pm. Thanks for spending some time with us, BP. Pleasure, Jules. Talk to you tomorrow. That's Brett Phillips from AFL Nation and big part of the SEN team. Of course, tomorrow night, the first serve from 8pm Eastern Time on SEN, Australia's only commercial radio tennis program. It's going to be a big French Open program. Fantastic job that Brett Phillips does each and every week. So I do suggest if you haven't checked it out, give it a try tomorrow night. Uh, of course, throughout the week, just quickly on Melbourne, the next two games I mentioned Earlier on, they play Carlton Friday night, and then after that is the King's birthday. Yet the King's birthday, we've got to make sure we get that one correct. Probably won't have to change it again, I would imagine. Uh, Melbourne and Collingwood, June 12th. That really does feel like D-Day for Melbourne. Are you a premiership contender anymore? Or are you a 6th, 7th or 8th place team? Might win an elimination final. Might jag a semi, but not really in the conversation for a flag. Or are you still that demon side of 2021? Is that still in there somewhere? I want to hear from you. What do you think? one 736 736 Or send me a text, 433 This is the Footy Fallout on SEN. Julie Marcus in the chair tonight for the Goss is unwell, so we do send him our best. He'll be back in the chair next Sunday after round 12 action, the results from today and look across the weekend as well. Earlier on this evening, the game you just heard at the Adelaide Oval, the final game of round 11, the Crows by 17 points over the Lions, 14-11, to 10, 18-78. Collingwood by 35 points over North Melbourne. They did it comfortably, 16-9, to 10, 10-70, although North did kick six goals to three in the final term, but Collingwood did seem to clock out a little bit early on in the final term. Oh, Paul Adelaide, they did what they had to do. A 10-point win at a cold and wet MCG, 10-17-77 to 9-13-67 over the Tigers. Was it a disappointing turnout at the MCG today? I, I did see a little bit of chatter about that. Um, just trying to get the actual crowd number, but it didn't... It wasn't the biggest crowd that we've seen at the MCG. 30,000. 357, 30,000 for a Richmond home game. I mean, it was dreadful weather. The team aren't going to play finals. I do understand from that point of view. Probably would have had about fifty or 60,000 had Dimmer stayed on for that one more game. Still 30,000. Was that a little bit light on, in your opinion? I want to hear from you on that one. I'm handballing that to the keeper. I would have thought probably about 40,000, 45,000 myself. Uh, last night, Essendon by 50 points over West Coast in Perth, 14 12 96 to 6 10 46. The Gold Coast over the Western Bulldogs in Darwin by seven points. It was GWS, winners in Geelong again by seven points, 12 9 81 to 10 14 74. The Cats are out of the eight, and they're a game out of the eight. Fremantle by seven points over the D's at the MCG. Speaking of attendances, was that light on? For Melbourne. I know they're not going to bring the biggest fan base with them, D supporters, and I come from a D's household, 
but still 29,154. I mean, it's a big crowd for a Melbourne Fremantle game. Should they perhaps be looking at 30,000, 35,000 for that? Was that disappointing? I don't know. It was a freezing day at the G yesterday, as we said. It was freezing. Um, Hawthorne, by 10 points over St Kilda, one of the shocks of the weekend. 12-16-88 to 12-6-78. They should have won by more, the, the Hawks. They should have won that game by more. And then Friday night, Sydney, they won, but is it one that you're going to be getting on name again? Probably not. But still, at this time of year, this is the grind. This is the winter slog. Just get the points, bank them and move on. Sydney by 26 points, 11-11, to 6, 15-51. Oh, Carlton. Oh, Carlton. We'll get to you in a moment. Uh, of course, you can have your say... For the next half hour on the footy fallout, so one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or send me a text zero four ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, just going through some of your texts at the moment. Good evening. Just back to Friday night with Adam Chira receiving a week for a dangerous tackle on Hickey. Am I the only one that thinks Hickey throws his head back to make it look like a dangerous tackle? I think this is a bad habit entering our game. That's from James. That was you go back a year, Jack Ginnivan was right in the storm of that. The idea was, well, the train of thought was he was throwing his head back to get free kicks. Then he wasn't getting paid any free kicks, even when they were high. Although, funnily enough, he did get paid a free kick for high contact today at Marvel Stadium. Uh, Tracy has sent through, it's a bit hard to beat a team like Collingwood at the MCG when we in the Brisbane Lions don't even get many games there. Lucky to get a couple of seasons and Collingwood get most of their games there either home or away against them. Don't disagree with you, Tracy. Don't disagree with you at all. That's and that's going to be the discussion till the heat death of the earth, I would imagine, about interstate teams and the MCG. Do they get enough? Of course they don't get enough opportunities to play there. They don't get enough opportunities to train there, even in final weeks, grand final week. Uh, Mark from Scoresby, if North play like they did today, next week they may push Essendon, who tend to struggle after a trip to Perth. And absolutely right. That is a danger game for Essendon next Sunday, 4.40pm, Marvel Stadium. And if you think this rivalry, it may not be Essendon's biggest rivalry. In fact, I know it isn't. But if you think North Melbourne, this doesn't mean a lot to Shimboners. This doesn't mean a lot to Kangaroo supporters. Think again. This is close to as big as it gets for them. So... If they're down, if they're having an off day, just ask Richmond last year against North Melbourne under the roof. And look what happened to them. Um, Sam is text through about the Demons' lack of a forward line. Have any of you experts taken a close look at the points for and against around 11? Melbourne have kicked more points than any of the other teams around their ladder position. Problem at Melbourne is they haven't put more than a half a football together at any stage. They just need to at least play a whole game against anyone. Well, I, I absolutely agree with you on that one. And you look at the, the letter they've actually kicked, Melbourne, more points than anyone else this season. They have the best attack in the competition, 1,110 points. Nearly 100 more than Collingwood. And their percentage is actually the best in the league, 133.9%. It would have probably been the second best had Collingwood not clocked off because they're at 133%. If they continue to put the foot down like they were in the first half or the third quarter, I should say, against North Melbourne, they probably take that mantle. But look, no one's arguing that the, the blocks aren't there for Melbourne. So you've got to ask yourself, is this a case of 
determination and drive? Was, is 2021 enough for them? Is it enough for them? I, don't, I know it's not enough for their fans because nobody, at least in Melbourne, was able to see it. Nobody saw it. They saw it on TV, but it's not the same. It's not the same as opposed to seeing it at the G, especially for D's fans. We'll get to some more of your calls. Tom, wait right there. We'll get to you in just a moment here on the footy fallout on SEN. It's Tim Gossage off tonight. Julie Marcus in the chair with you. The open line is one 736 736 or you can send me a text 0433 98 Let's go to the text line. Uh, Cuffy from Cranbourne has texted through. Sorry, unfortunately, Voss has to go. Very good team, but the chemistry between the players isn't working. Saad is the best kick in the team, and they refuse to give it to him. They need a new game plan. Just get in Hardwick. Let Voss go back to being an assistant. Well, that's going to be the talk now, isn't it? Much like last year, any team that was having any discussions around a coaching change, it was Ross Lyon or Alistair Clarkson. Now it's going to be the ghost of Damien Hardwick. He's hovering over the Gold Coast. Maybe he's going to be hovering over Carlton. I'm sure West Coast will be having that discussion as well. Uh, Toby from Newport, absolute carnage round for tipsters. Anyone who managed to get six or more is a dead set genius. I managed to jag five. I have no idea how. Yesterday was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. There is just trails of devastation in the wake of my tipping comp and every tipping comp, I would imagine, as well, especially here inside the walls of SCN. Good Lord. A Tough, tough weekend. Uh, let's go back to the open line. Tom is a disappointed Blues fan. There's plenty of those around this weekend. Yeah, Tom, mate. how are you doing? Good, mate. Um, I'm just going to get to the point that you always meet all this, all that. Yeah, you know, Carlton, you just can, like David King talks about where can, they have not got the talent, mate. Yeah, you, you watch the Carlton? It was I watch Carlton. No, yeah, all right. So, so they need players like Blakey. They got Saad. They haven't got enough talent in the middle. Jonathan Brown said the other night. I said, hallelujah. You know what he said? They haven't got the talent enough in the middle. I don't want all the me talks about what they can do. They haven't got the talent. Don't, don't, can't, can't you see I was there two weeks. I went to Melbourne. It's so obvious. So obvious, mate. They haven't got the talent. Charlie, Harry, McCoy, if they had players like Blakey and Saad and couple of they'd be kicking goals left, right and centre. They have not got the talent. And last year was, don't you know what happened last year? Yeah, they've got strong, strong midfielders. Haven't got an outspread play. And what made him tick a bit was Charlie came back from injury when his career was almost gone. He ignited him a bit. They played above themselves. The reality is, what's your name, Jules? Is it Jules? Yep. Your yep. name? Yeah. They, don't, don't you see what... A lot of constables are going to agree. They have not got the talent. Walsh is a great. He needs more support. And now Cripps has gone back to what happened last and a few years ago. The poor guy's got no help. Haven't got the outspread play. Don't you agree there? Well, and Tom, thanks for your call. I, I from when I watch Carlton... And I watch them by proxy. You know, I, I said I, I come from a D's household, but it's also it's a half D's, half Blues household. So I'm kind of forced into watching Carlton each week at the ground. They are 
endlessly frustrating to watch for several reasons, but it really does feel like between their their top tier talent and the bottom six of their their first twenty two, there is a major golfing class. It really does feel that way. You've got some elite talent, but you have it just it always comes back to your bottom six, doesn't it? The bottom six players in your twenty two. The best teams, that golf isn't something that, in the case of Carlton, you could drive a truck through it. And you see it each and every week, particularly with their ball skills. Oh, that Carlton, watching them at the moment, it's, it does your head in. It absolutely does your head in. Slow, plonking, poor kicking. They look like they're freezing the headlights. And again, it comes back to it just their best players and the players that you need to, to pick to make up a team, the bottom six of your list, there is a world apart between them. So it comes back down to, is this the list for Carlton to take them to the next level? It doesn't seem that way. It doesn't seem that way. And you're talking about that, look, this, look at what you're going to see this weekend. Look at the names that are going to be coming in for Carlton and ask yourself, are those the names that are going to take the Blues to a flag. I don't see it. Is that a Michael Voss problem? Is that a list management problem? Is that a board problem? All questions to ask. Uh, on the text, I tipped eight. Look, prime for a round of upsets. Well, unfortunately, hasn't got a name to this. Can I please get some lotto numbers from you? If, if you managed to get more than five this weekend, good luck to you. This was a horrific weekend for tipping. Uh, we will take a look around the state leagues in just a moment here on the footy fallout and wrap things up for this Sunday night. Last call for calls, one 736 736 or send me a text, 0433-98-1116. Paul sent a text in, love the show. Thanks very much for listening, Paul, and uh, an opportunity to... Get your say in before we finish up tonight in about 15 minutes' time. And, of course, the overnight crowd as well. Some more of your calls from 11 p.m. Eastern with Damien Watson in the chair tonight right through until EPL action on SCN. For some of those of you listening across the country, you'll get that at 1 o'clock tomorrow morning as we finish off the English Premier League season. This is Footy Fallout on SEM. Back and a look at the state leagues to wrap it up in just a moment. Julie Marcus in the chair tonight. Tim Gossage should be back next week. He's not feeling well tonight. We send the Goss our very best from here in Melbourne this evening. So let's go around the state leagues to wrap things up and then we'll get to a few more of your texts on the way out the door. In the Sandful this weekend, it was round number seven. And Friday night, it was Adelaide with a 24-point win over Norwood. Yesterday, North Adelaide over Port Adelaide by eight points. Sturt, the double blues, with a two-point win over the Panthers of South Adelaide. Glenelg with a nine-point win over Centrals. And Woodville West Torrens by 56 points over West Adelaide. So the way that the ladder looks in the sandfall at the end of round eight, Sturt remained on top, two points clear of Glenelg. And Adelaide two points further back. Then you have North Adelaide and the Eagles making up the top five. The Eagles in to fifth place on percentage ahead of Centrals and the Magpies. Then you have West Adelaide, South Adelaide and Norwood finishing it up there. In the Waffle, East Fremantle with a 18-point win over Claremont. Swan Districts 
going down by four points to Subiaco. Peel with a a nine-point win over West Perth. And it was the Demons, Perth, with a four-point win over South Fremantle. And West Coast's difficult year in the waffle continues. Today they were thumped by 74 points by East Perth. So in the waffle, as it stands at the end of the weekend, seven rounds in, Peel remain on top by a game over East Frio. Claremont and Subiaco all level on 20 points. West Perth in fifth place on 16, just ahead of East Perth on percentage. Then you have the Demons, the Dogs, Swan Districts and West Coast. In the VFL this weekend, it started on Friday night with Carlton, a 52-point win over the Sydney Swans. Then yesterday, Werribee continuing to build something special with a 28-point win at Churnside Park over the Casey Demons, the defending premiers. Gold Coast by 65 over Footscray. Sandringham by 57 over Coburg. And then you had the Brisbane Lions getting the job done last night in Frankston by 35 points over the Dolphins. Today, it was North Melbourne by 39 points over Collingwood. We had Geelong by 13 points over Port Melbourne and Box Hill by 47 points over the Bombers. So in the VFL after the weekend's action, round 10, the Brisbane Lions a game ahead of the Gold Coast Suns, who were a game ahead of Box Hill, the top three, then Werribee in fourth, ahead of Casey, Williamstown, GWS, and North Melbourne, and in the wildcard spots, Richmond, Geelong, Southport, and Carlton. You have Port Melbourne, Collingwood, Sandringham, Frankston, Essendon, Footscray, the Bull Ants, and still without a win of the Swans and the Lions. So across the day today, it was Collingwood by 35 points over North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. The 100th game for Mason Cox, who managed to kick two sensational goals in their win over the Kangaroos, and this was one of them on AFL Nation. Crisp has another go here, gets the handball out. Oh, good dancing feet from Taylor Adams. Inside 50, makes it Cox. Comes out and marks 25 from home. Come on, Mason. Kick the goal. The All-American Pie does kick the goal. In his 100th game, the Magpie players come from everywhere to celebrate with him. Well, Port Adelaide got a 10-point win over the Tigers at the MCG. Jason Horn-Francis delivering a late blow for Port. The back inside 50. Lord in a battle with Bolter. Fell to Horn-Francis, who's again tackled, but's going to win a free kick. This is a big kick for the young man. Horn-Francis comes in and executes his first this afternoon. And in the game just finished up, Isaac Rankin, that's he kicked one of the goals of the year. It's going to be hard to beat in the Crows' 17-point win over the Lions. Got a feeling, boys. Got a feeling something's going to happen. So Danaher brings it to ground. Rankin, there's a feeling. Kip. Oh, you've got the feeling. Kip Dillon, you've got it right. It doesn't get better than that. Isaac Rankin on his left. Something out of nothing again. So that was the action today. The Crows... The Magpies and the Power, or winners. And still side-bottom, unfortunately, leaving the game early on in his 300th due to an MCL injury. This is what Craig McRae had to say after the match on still side-bottom. Well, it looks like it's probably going to be, you know, miss a few weeks. I'm not sure exactly, but three to four potentially. Um, might be back after the bye. I don't know. We have to get scans and, and the like. But, um, yeah, it's a shame we've, we sort of build the whole day up around, you know, what it means for him and, and all of us. And, geez, he started well too. He was on fire early. Um, unfortunate, but we're still 
your respect and, uh, and honour him. Yeah, great day for Collingwood. Unfortunately, not for still side bottom. Hopefully we see him back sooner than later. So next week, round 12, Friday night, Melbourne and Carlton. Heaven help the loser. Saturday, Port Adelaide hosting Hawthorne. West Coast hosting Collingwood. And the Bulldogs taking on the Cats at Marvel Stadium. That's going to be a beauty. While the Gold Coast hosts the Crows in Darwin. Next Sunday, the Giants and the Tigers at Giant Stadium. And a real banana skin game for Essendon as they host North Melbourne at Marvel Speaking of one last text from Stephen Geelong, do you think the Bombers are a genuine top eight side? Well, if they are, they'll beat North Melbourne next week. The Lions, the Saints, the Swans and the Dockers with the bye. That's all we've got on Footy Fallout tonight. Thanks for your texts. Thanks for your calls. Have a fantastic week.